Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I run a business called Boldside. And if your team needs HR help or you need to develop great leaders and an amazing team culture, I want to connect with you. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Shelley Johnson, or on Instagram, Boldside. Let's chat about how we can work together. So today's episode is a bit spontaneous. I woke up this morning and I just had this idea or feeling that I needed to jump on the podcast and record an episode for people who feel like maybe they need to leave their job, but they don't know if that's the right call. And this doesn't happen to me. I'm pretty organized with the podcast. Usually only record on a Friday. It's Monday morning when I'm recording. But I just started to get all these ideas of things that I think people need to hear to help you figure out if it's time to leave your job or if you need to stick it out. And some of these are going to be hard to hear. There's some kind of hard truths that I want every person listening to take away and really reflect on, is this you? Does this sound like you? And leaving your job is one of those questions we get heaps in the Facebook community of how do I know if it's the right time to leave? And it's not an easy, there's no like right answer to this. You really need to do the reflection to figure out are any of these signs, things that you're seeing in your current job situation and can you do anything to change them? And then if not, maybe it is time to kind of make a move and move on. But I'm just gonna go with it. I've like got scribbled down notes And I was just in the flow. So here we go. Let's do it. All right. Number one, the first thing, the first sign it's time to leave your job is a feeling that you're settling. You know, when people say this about relationships where they're like, oh yeah, she settled. She settled with that person that she's ended up in a relationship with. It's the same with your job where that feeling of, I know I could do more and I know I'm better than this, but I'm just going to take what I can get. And when I was like younger and we used to, you know, when I was like 18 and we would go out um, and people would talk about pickup lines. It was before there was dating apps and stuff. And one of my, (laughs) one of my friends, a guy came up to her in this like bar and was like, you'll do. And there was this like pickup line (laughs) for her and she's like, you're the worst person but sometimes we do this with our, <laughs> like go with me on this story, but sometimes we do this with our job situation. We're in a career or we're in a job or we're in a workplace and we're like, you'll do. Like I'm not that into it, but like you'll do. And if that's you, I want you to think about this and go, are you settling? And the opposite of this or the thing that we would see if you're in a healthy environment or if you're in your sweet spot is that instead of feeling like you're settling, you feel like you're stretched in a good way. Not like stretched thin, but like you're stretching, you're growing. You know that feeling if you're exercising and you stretch and it's like a little bit uncomfortable, but it's a good feeling? There should be that in your job. And you're going to sense a theme here as we go through because a lot of these are similar, but I just want to give you that real insight into, is this you? Where are you at right now in your job and in your career? So number one, 
you feel like you're settling. Number two, comfort. Comfort is a career killer, in my opinion. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel comfortable at times, but what I worry about is when things are cushy, like things are so comfortable, there is never any challenge. It's like you're just lying on the lounge watching Netflix all day, every day. If you want to have a good career, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You should feel challenged. Like I said before, there should be that feeling where you feel stretched. If you don't have, if it's just perpetually comfortable and there's, it's just easy all the time, to me that is a bit of an early warning sign that you're going to need to explore and, and kind of listen into and go, am I just staying here and playing it safe? And I'm leaving a long pause there because I want you to think about that. It's like uh, not a rhetorical question. Like I want you to ask yourself that. Are you playing it safe? Are you in this comfort zone and you're not able to move out of that? I think some of the best times in your career and your work situation will be those moments where you really do feel out of your comfort zone. You feel out of your depth. You might even have that sense of imposter syndrome. I've really changed my perspective on imposter syndrome now where instead of looking at it as a bad thing, I almost see it as a signal that I'm in the right spot. Like if I feel that sense of, gee, I don't think I can do this or I don't feel like I have what it takes, now that is a signal that I'm in a good spot because I'm out of my comfort zone and I have to learn. The next one, and this is going to rub people the wrong way, I reckon, because we hear heaps about mastery. But one of my signals that it's time to make a change or move on from a job is when I've hit that mastery spot. When I've really gotten good at something, I'm like, oh, maybe it's time for a change now. Whitney Johnson has done a lot of research on this idea of what happens when you hit the mastery point in a particular job or career. And it's called the S-curve of learning. I think I've talked about it before. But early in a job when you're learning it, you kind of feel out of your depth. And then as you progress, you move into this hyper growth stage where you're like, that is the sweet spot, right? You are growing really quickly. You are learning a whole stack of stuff. But then at the top of that S curve is when we hit mastery. Once we hit that mastery point, that's the tipping point just before we fall off and either we move towards boredom or we become overly confident and stop growing, stop learning, and ego sets in, and then we stagnate or fall off. Our performance tends to drop and all that stuff. So I want you to take a look at where you are at in your current job and think about this idea of mastery. This is something that is absolutely great. We need to be aiming for mastery, but once we've mastered something, often that's a sign it's time to move to the next challenge. And so the thing we need to be looking for in our job, when we're at our peak performance, we should feel like we're in the growth zone and we want to stay in the growth zone. So for you, how much are you growing? How much are you learning right now? Have a think, like, is this you? Are you growing? And I know the times that I've made bad career choices have always, it haven't been when I've been out of my depth. They've always been when I've mastered something and I've stayed too long and I've gotten bored because then I get complacent and complacency again, it's that career killer. We could have added that in as one, complacency. So number three, mastery. 
It's that step. It's a subtle sign. It's the step just before boredom. Number four, you're neither learning or earning. Gary Tan posted this tweet a few years back and it said, at every job you should either learn or earn. Either is fine, both are best. But if it's neither, quit. At every job you should either learn or earn. And if it's one or the other, that's good. But if you don't have either of those, if you're not learning or you're not earning any money or good money for the work that you're doing, then you should quit. And I think that's such a great, succinct tweet. Like it's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm either learning or earning. But if I'm not doing either, then I probably need to go. I need to quit. That I think says it all. I don't think I need to labor on this point because Gary Tan says it best. Think about this. Are you learning or earning? And how does that align with your priorities? Like right now, if your number one priority is to be learning and you're willing to forego salary to get into a space where you're having that fast growth and you're learning a stack in your job, then that's awesome. If your number one priority is you're saving for a house deposit and you need to be earning, so you forego a job where you're learning and you might feel like you're in a bit of a mind-numbing space but you're earning good money, then that's awesome because, again, it aligns with your priorities. So you want to see how do these things connect? Does the work that you're doing align with your bigger life priorities and life goals? And we talk about this in our book, Sort Your Career Out. If you haven't got a copy, go and buy it today. It's really good. If you're in this zone of weighing up if you should leave or go, the book will really help you with that. All right, number four, either learn or earn. Number five, you're stagnant. Stagnant, you haven't, there's no change. There's no movement. You're just stationary. And I was running a workshop, a leadership workshop with a team a while back and they said this thing that if you're stationary, you're going backwards. And it was really interesting. I thought, okay, like, yeah, I, assume, I think about stagnant as being still. But they were like, because of the pace of the world, because of how quickly things are moving forward, you're not just still, you're falling behind, you're going backwards. And if you're stagnant, if you feel like I've been stationary, there's been no movement, no change, and that doesn't have to be promotions or position titles or dollars change. It might just be your general sense that you're doing the same thing on repeat with no growth, no development. Again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just need to hammer this stuff home that if that's you, if you feel that sense of I've stalled, I've stopped moving, then that is a sign that it may be time to move on. The reverse of this or the opposite of this is that there's a sense of progress And I don't know what you feel about Tony Robbins, but a friend of mine sent me a podcast that he did and he said this amazing thing that happiness is progress. And I kind of thought about that and I'm like, I've never thought about happiness in that way, that we feel that sense of contentment when we're making progress. Whereas when we're stagnant, when we're not progressing, we're actually falling behind and that leads to discontentment, to dissatisfaction, to a lack of happiness. So I want you to think, are you progressing? Is that, and it's not about the ladder or the role titles. Like you can have progress. It can be sideways. It can be 
a secondment to a totally different role or it could be some kind of change. Progress doesn't have to be up up the career ladder. Number five is you're stagnant. All right, number six, you're detached. So this is an interesting one. Detachment is often an early sign of burnout when you feel really detached from the work that you're doing, from the people that you work with, from the mission of the organisation, and you start to have that sense of apathy. So it might be a low care factor. Like, I just don't care. I just don't care about this work at all. Often, managers and leaders tend to mistake apathy for that this person just doesn't give a shit when really apathy can often be that signal. And I've seen this so much with employees And it makes me sad to even say it, but it's that signal sometimes where you don't have the emotional reserves to invest that care factor. So if you have felt that sense of burnout, if you feel really detached and you have this thing of, I I just can't care about that because I don't have the emotional energy to invest care factor there. And really good careers require you to care. Like if you want to have a good career, you need to care about it. But if you feel really detached from the work that you're doing, from the workplace, from the people that you work with, and you're doing that as a self-preservation mechanism, that is a big warning sign to me. It's not a subtle one. It's like a red, red flag waving in the air. And I was talking to a friend this week who's in this spot and she's like, I just don't care. And I'm just really flat. And for me, I was like, oh, I think you're well along that burnout stage because detachment and withdrawal, that feeling of I'm re- I have to retreat as a self-protective mechanism, that's a sign that there isn't that energy. And if that's you, I just want to say it's a really tough spot to be in. Out of all the things we've talked about so far, this is probably one of the biggest red flags, but the ones that maybe we don't talk about as much like we talk about that feeling of I'm not getting, I'm not progressing or I'm not learning. But we don't talk about, oh, hey, I'm completely disconnected and detached because I have no energy. The reverse of this, I keep saying reverse, but I mean like the opposite of this is that you feel connected to the work and you care. So it's care and connection, the combination of those two things. And if you have that, if you're like, I really care about this and I'm connected to the work, to the organisation, to the people, that's such a healthy sign. If you have that in your career right now, you are in a good spot. You're like, I'm, I care. Like I just genuinely care about the success of the people here that I work with, of the organisation, of my boss, of the team, and I actually care about doing a good job, then that's awesome. Like seriously, it seems like such a, it sounds like such a small thing, but it's not. It's a really good sign. So that's a big one, detachment or apathy. We've got two more. We're going to go to a quick break. You need to stick around for the last two warning signs that you may need to leave your job because these are big ones. If you want to grow in your career, I just wanted to remind you about our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Glenn James and I have written this book to help you with any kind of career crisis, but also those things that you want, like getting a promotion, making more money, moving into a leadership role, 
or if it's time to quit your job. You can find our book wherever you get good books from, or you can listen on the audio book, sort your career out and make more money. Now let's get back to the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, number seven. It's kind of in a similar vein to the previous one. Number seven is extreme fatigue. So we talked before about detachment. The detachment's when you get along that burnout kind of chart. And I think on a previous episode with Declan Edwards, we talked about the 12 stages of burnout. I'd encourage you to go and and Google that and have a look at that. What are the stages of burnout? Because it can help you and it can give some language and help you to spot the signs. Number seven, this extreme fatigue. This is another sign. This is another sign that it's time to leave your job. And I'm not talking about just general tiredness because anyone who works hard is going to feel tired. That's just life, right? We have those moments where we work really hard, we feel tired, but there's a sense of recovery. When I say extreme fatigue or or exhaustion, it's usually for an extended period of time. So it might be three months, it might be longer, where you you're you just have no energy, you're extremely fatigued, you feel like you're, I've heard people describe it as I felt like a shell of myself. I felt like I hit the wall. No amount of rest would fix it. Those kinds of things. So not, not tiredness. And it's important to make that distinction because sometimes people will be like, I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm like, no, you're just, you're just tired and you haven't had a holiday. Go on a holiday. <laughs> like take a break. This is different. And, and I guess the signs of this would be you're really fatigued in your body. So your body will feel that sense of, you know, if, when you get the flu and you, you your limbs feel tired and you feel like you can't get out of bed, but at night, often what happens in these scenarios is you'll be woken up at night and you might have that feeling of like restlessness, even though you're extremely fatigued and tired, but you can't sleep. Maybe there's some anxiety in the mix. I'm not a psychologist. And if you're in this spot, I really encourage you to go talk to someone. I just want to head, heads up, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> but I have had those, I have had a, an experience with burnout. And so that feeling of extreme fatigue, it might be a sign of two things. So you may need to have an extended break and then having that break. And I'm not talking about holiday. I'm not saying go to Europe and have a break. No, I'm saying rest. Like what does rest look like? And then come back and see, does that fix it? But if not, 
if the environment is the cause of the fatigue, which is is very often the case in those burnout scenarios, if nothing in the environment changes, like if that organisation or that environment or that career is what's causing that fatigue, a bigger change may be needed. And that's really hard to do when you're exhausted. It's hard to figure out, well, how would I get that energy? How can I make a change when I'm in this zone? And that's where I think rest and recovery is so crucial. And there's no easy answer to this. And I don't want to gloss over this because it's a really, really difficult spot to be in. And I've seen this play out for a lot of people where we notice these signs when they're at the acute point. So they're a really acute version rather than in the earlier stages where maybe we start to feel that sense of, oh, I'm, a bit, I'm not myself, I'm a bit detached, I'm withdrawing, I'm retreating before it gets to that extreme fatigue stage. So we need to understand what are those signals in the earlier points that we can jump on and address and do stuff about. Go back and listen to the episode with Phil Wolf on well-being at work because it's a really good episode around this stuff. But if you feel like right now, as you're hearing this thing on extreme fatigue and exhaustion and you're like, that's me, that's where I'm at, I just want to say, hey, I really see you and acknowledge you and I want you to know it's okay and it is going to be okay, but you have to give yourself the grace and space to recover and you don't have to start plotting out your next move. Like you may just need to take step back How can I give myself the grace and the space to take time off? The opposite of extreme fatigue is energy and engagement. So that sense of energy, drive, you feel engaged and you couldn't even, you know, when you've got that sense of energy and you're like, it doesn't feel like work, you're in the flow state. And when you get into that zone, you're like, I'm in the flow. I'm, I'm energized by the work that I'm doing. And you can very clearly see how these things are so different. So I hope that gives you insight and the ability to reflect on that. And I just want to acknowledge it's really, it's this out of all of them, all of the ones we're going to talk about today, this one of extreme fatigue is probably the toughest The biggest thing I'll say, and my own learning from going through a burnout experience, was that the antidote to this feeling of extreme fatigue is self-compassion. And I think the reason we get to that zone of burnout or exhaustion tends to be because we're really ambitious, we're really driven, and we've got high responsibility. So if you're in this spot, you're there because you're a highly responsible, highly driven person and you've gone really hard at something at your own personal expense. And what happens is when we get into that zone, we start beating ourselves up even more because we're like, well, how the heck did I get here? Why am I here? What, What does this mean? And that's why I use the word grace and space because to me that idea of grace is like self-compassion, giving yourself compassion. And if you haven't looked up this idea of self-compassion, I want you to go and Google it. Kristen Neff, her work on self-compassion is really challenging in my opinion, especially for anyone who has a perfectionistic tendency or is very ambitious. You're probably going to hate reading about it, but I can tell you now, if you're in this zone of extreme fatigue, 
if you're in this zone where you're feeling really exhausted and maybe you're in burnout, the best thing you can do is extend yourself compassion. I'm going to leave it at that. This is, it's just such a big one. And I get really passionate about this because it's, it's hard. It's really painful. So the people listening that resonate with this one, I just want you to know you're deserving of that self-compassion and you deserve to feel energized by the work that you do. And you will get that back. If you do this work of giving yourself some space and active recovery and rest, you will get back to the space of energy. But it's a process and it doesn't happen anywhere near as quick as we want it to, but it will happen. All right, the final one, and this is a bit of a depressing one to end on, but I, 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 I honestly, I scribbled this down super quick because it was just, I was in the flow state and I was like, I've got all this stuff to say, but then I realized I'm ending on one that's a bit negative, but you know, we'll just go there. The last sign you need to leave your job is contempt. John and Julie Gottman uh, have done a lot of research on relationships and they've got some amazing books and it's all about uh, marital relationships. But I think their work applies so well to the workplace. And they talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse in relationships. And the one that they say is the worst is contempt. And I never really understood this until I'd heard them speak about it and read some of their work. And I want to share with you the definition of contempt. Contempt is the feeling that a person or thing is worthless or beneath consideration. And they say that when a relationship has contempt, it's often difficult to kind of recover that relationship. And so if you're in a work environment where you feel that sense of contempt, where you feel like your opinion is worthless, like you're beneath consideration, like your manager treats you with this sense of contempt or the workplace treats their people with contempt, it's a big red flag. So the opposite of contempt, in my opinion, would be dignity. The people are treated with dignity. And you can see this play out in organisations where people are treated with dignity, they're seen as inherently valuable, that they're not seen as a resource or a number, but they're seen as a person with unique desires, wants, goals, values, and strengths. And every person should have that. I think we should, as a basic right, have the right of dignity. But some organisations, especially those organisations that are toxic, will treat people with contempt, that they're beneath consideration. I just want to stress here, contempt is not disagreement. You can present your opinion and your boss can disagree with you or people at work can disagree with you. That doesn't mean that they're saying your opinion sucks or that you're not worthy of considering. Like Disagreement or conflict is not the same as contempt. John and Julie Gottman's research found that in relationships where people are, where people have contempt towards one another, they're more likely to suffer from infectious diseases and illnesses. So they're more susceptible to immune deficiencies, to cold, flus, and all of that stuff. 
And I just think that's so interesting, like the impact contempt has on your body, like the physical response your body has to being treated like that. And again, I think that's why you start to see and and a good friend of mine and I were talking about her employment experience had a similar effect on her where she was in an environment where there was contempt and she was repeatedly sick and unwell. And I think that is just, it's just fascinating that our body sometimes tells us things that our mind doesn't want to believe, like especially when we're connected to the work that we do and we're, and we're invested. So and John and Julie Gottman, I know I've just referenced them a bazillion times, but I, I'm obsessed with their work. They say that the antidote to contempt is a culture of appreciation. And I think about that in a work setting where if you're appreciated, if you're treated with dignity, if you're recognized for the work that you do and valued, that is life-giving. It's energy building. It's the type of culture we want to be part of. So I guess to end on, I'm going to flip the script because I feel like ending on like just talking about contempt is a bit depressing, but I'm going to rattle through the signs that you should stay to close out. So we talked about the, the eight signs that it's time to go. Here's the signs that you should stay. These are the opposite things of what I've just described. And if you feel like you've got these or at least a few of these, this is a really good green flag for you. So number one, you feel stretched. You feel out of your comfort zone. You're in that growth zone. You're earning or learning. You're making progress. And there's that sense of movement. You're connected to the work that you do and you genuinely care about it. You're engaged and energized. And the last one is there's dignity and appreciation. If you've got those things, you're on a winning spot at the moment. And I want you to look out for those signs that it might be time to leave. Now, some of those things you can do stuff about. Like you can make changes to that. You could, if you're at that mastery stage where you might be approaching boredom, you can go and talk to your boss and say, hey, I think I'm getting to the I think I've really mastered this role. Can we talk about a change? Is there any opportunity to move roles or get a promotion? If you're neither earning or learning, talk to your boss about it first. So it's not just up and leave, but maybe this triggers a conversation. And then if nothing changes, then it gives you that kind of decision point to go, well, maybe I need to move on because I've raised the issue. The organization's not willing to do anything about it. And therefore it's probably time for me to leave. So they are the things you need to look out for when you're making a decision, whether you need to stay or go. I'm really stoked about this episode because I just had this feeling people need to hear this today. And so if you are that person, you feel like I needed to listen to this, message me on LinkedIn. I just love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed the episode, give us a five-star rating and review if you listen on Spotify or Apple. That helps us to get the podcast out there, which means that I can do more of these episodes thanks so much. Share it with a friend. Do all the things. See ya.
We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, My Millennial Daily, and Retire Right. Find these wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.